On the eve of his crucifixion, Jesus prays to his Father, I have given them your word, and the world hated them because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. I do not ask that you take them from the world, but you keep them from the evil one. Hey everyone, welcome back. I'm your host, Nate Gazau, and you're listening to Aliens on Earth. Please stick around. We've got a very special episode just for you. Hey guys, welcome back. This is episode seven, The Godfather of Sin. Did you know pride is one of the most subtle, sneaky sins that you may have and not even know that you have it? You could be living in pride and not realize that it's actually pride. It was the original sin that got Satan thrown out of heaven. The dictionary defines pride as a high or inordinate opinion of one's own dignity, importance, or merit. The superiority, whether it's cherished in the mind or displayed in bearing or conduct, a state of becoming or dignified sense of what is due to oneself or one's position or character. Satan, in the beginning of time, looked at himself, he looked at his own beauty and perfection and thought to himself, dang, I look good, look at me. I don't just wanna resemble God, I wanna replace him. I wanna be better than him, I wanna be higher than him. This pride is dangerous as it really points to us to look inwardly at ourselves in opposed to looking at God. Let me ask you this, are you restless or often anxious about life? You feel like you're always having to be in control or you're afraid that you've totally lost control. You're in an endless cycle of anxiety. Some of us feel like we constantly have to outperform or compete. We never mention it, but in our hearts, we're always trying to one up or outdo somebody. You know, oftentimes these are the offspring of pride. <laughs> you may be like, okay, how is anxiety an offspring of pride? But think about it like this. You have an almighty God who is all-knowing, all-powerful, that provides for your every need and always protects you, right? What do you have to be anxious about? Are there areas that we don't believe that God will protect or provide for us in? That, you know, we've taken matters into our own hands and canceled God out of the equation? It may be unspoken, but in our hearts, like, for example, having children or getting married or getting a job that pays us enough to survive, pays us six figures. Maybe we've given up on those things. We've stopped looking to God for those things and began either trying to do it our way. That's a form of pride. No wonder we're anxious. In James chapter four from verse six through seven, it says, God opposes the proud and gives grace to the humble. Can you imagine God opposing you? Like the creator of the universe actively working against you. This is how serious the sin is of pride to God. Pride urges us to rely on ourselves rather than God, to exalt ourselves rather than to exalt God. Pride keeps us only thinking about us, me, 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 right? What's humility? Humility is a God-focused, God-centered knowledge and awareness that it's by him and through him that 
we have anything that's good he is the source of all that's good that's within us humility isn't demeaning or devaluing ourselves it isn't thinking the worst of ourselves you know being in denial or trying to refuse to receive good things humility is simply thinking of yourself less really having a god-centered focus you know belittling or criticizing judging others is really a form of pride thinking highly of yourself and being quick to be critical towards other people maybe the people that god has placed in your life i want us to look at an example really quick in numbers chapter 12 where we see this pretty vividly it says then miriam and aaron spoke against moses because of the Cushite woman whom he had married. So they didn't like the choice of woman that Moses took for his wife because he stepped outside of their culture and married a Cushite woman. And so Aaron and Miriam were upset. They started to murmur. They started to gossip. They started to belittle him for it. This was that pride that was creeping in. They said, has the Lord indeed spoken only through Moses? Has he not spoken through us as well? The Lord heard this. So they're now beginning to compare themselves with Moses. Like, okay, he really isn't all that now. I mean, he did marry a Cushite woman. He stepped outside of our culture. God spoke through us as well, right? Now, the man Moses was very humble, more than any man who was on the face of the earth. Moses was the most God-centered person. He thought of himself less. He was fixated on God. He wasn't self-absorbed. And verse 4 tells us, Suddenly the Lord said to Moses, Aaron, and Miriam, You three come out to the tent of meeting. So the three of them came out. Then the Lord came down in a pillar of cloud and stood at the doorway of the tent so imagine this so they just got done gossiping they just got done belittling and judging moses for his life choices god hears this and he goes all right come on we're gonna have a meeting the presence of god is there god is there standing at the doorway of the tent and when they both came forward because he called aaron and miriam when they both came forward he said hear now my words if there is a prophet among you i the lord shall make myself known to him in a vision i shall speak with him in a dream not so with my servant moses he is faithful in my household i will speak to him mouth to mouth even openly and not in dark sayings and he beholds the form of the lord god right here is pretty much in a sense standing up for moses he's not just standing up for him but he's also telling them about his character who moses is telling miriam and aaron letting him know the business like moses isn't just anybody who hears from me he isn't just another prophet that hears me in dreams and understands parables nah me and moses we speak intimately me and moses are close he saw me in my glory so in other words he's giving them a warning like how dare you god asks him this listen to this he says why then were you not afraid to speak against my servant to speak against moses in other words what made you think you could speak to him like that and get away with it verse 9 says the anger of the lord burned against them and he departed so here's that part that we were talking about Work against God or finding yourself on the opposite instead of being aligned with God they were in opposition to God what a dangerous place to be right so verse 10 says but when the cloud had withdrawn from over the tent behold Miriam was leprous as white as snow 
As Aaron turned toward Miriam, behold, she was leprous. Whoa. This is the result of her and Aaron gossiping to themselves about Moses. They were belittling and really downplaying Moses. Who is this guy? God speaks through us too. Like, he ain't all that, right? But God hears this, which is crazy. And he stands up for Moses and tells them, do not play with Moses like that. He is my servant. He's faithful in my house. He pretty much doesn't stand for it. All the slandering and belittling, he's not for it. They exalted themselves as if they were in that same plane. And verse 11 is interesting. It says, Then Aaron said to Moses, O oh my Lord, I beg you, do not account this sin to us, in which we have acted foolishly, and in which we have sinned. Aaron acknowledges to Moses that, okay, we, we did a really silly thing please don't hold it against us. So when they come to their senses or when Aaron comes to his senses, he starts to plead and he says, oh no, do not let her be like one that is dead, whose flesh is half eaten away when he comes from his mother's womb. And in verse 13, this actually exemplifies, it shows Moses' character. It says, Moses cried out to the Lord saying, oh God, heal her, I pray. So can you imagine the humility of this guy? Instead of acting in a self-righteous, you know, justice. Oh God, thank you for slaying my enemy. Oh God, you have heard me. Thank you for destroying the person that came against me and murmured against me. He didn't say any of that. He was fully surrendered to God. He was at rest in God's sovereignty. So he was humble and he prayed for her healing and says, but the Lord said to Moses, if her father had but spit in her face, would she not bear her shame for seven days? In other words, will she not be unclean for seven days? Let her be shut up for seven days outside of the camp, and afterwards she may be received again. So Miriam was shut up outside the camp for seven days, and the people did not move until Miriam was received again. This is this is crazy. Like Aaron, the high priest, pleaded on her behalf for mercy, realizing their sin, and she was forgiven. She was restored after a time. But this is so interesting. Belittling and judging others is one way that pride shows itself or is manifested. And but it's not necessarily the only indication of pride. Success, God's favor, wealth—they can also make us proud. Really act outside of the will of God. You know, compromising our fidelity to Him, our faithfulness to him you know our beginnings may be humble but how are we when blessings come do we remain god-centered do we remain you know in him or when all those blessings come do we deviate do we get confused and think okay that i'm capable of doing this on my own in second chronicles king uzziah was anointed king at 16 and he had an awesome and humble beginning it says he did right in the sight of the Lord, according to all that his father Amaziah had done. Verse 5 says he continued to seek God, and in the days of Zechariah, who had understanding through the vision of God. And as long as he sought the Lord, God prospered him. Chapter 26, verse 16, scripture says, But when he became strong, his heart was so proud that he acted corruptly, and he was unfaithful to the Lord his God. So this is the time this all happened after he became famous in in the previous verses it tells us that you know god prospered him he made him famous he was his army was undefeated they were about three hundred thousand men and 
his fame spread everywhere even his enemies would acknowledge him and honor him so this guy was no joke god honored him he had good and humble beginnings but it says that when he became strong his heart was so proud in other words he exalted himself above god he put his success in front of god he started to act corruptly it says he was unfaithful to the lord his god and this happens you know when we see god's blessings and when we see god's goodness we instead of being or remaining god-centered begin to look at ourselves more get ourselves more and see how far we've come and see what everything is going on around us how people are praising us and how people are giving us all these acclaims let's look at what happens it says this happened for he entered the temple of the lord to burn incense on the altar of incense he comes into the temple of god and is wanting to burn incense then azariah the priest entered after him with him 80 priests of the lord valiant men they opposed uzziah the king and said to him it is not for you uzziah to burn incense to the lord but for the priests the sons of Aaron who are consecrated to burn incense. In other words, this isn't your call. This isn't where you're supposed to be. This is not your duty. God didn't set you up for this. Although you're successful, although you're good, although you're powerful, although you got everything going for you, you stepped outside your lane. They tell him, get out of the sanctuary for you have been unfaithful. You will have no honor from the Lord. Verse 19 says, but Uzziah with a censer in his hand for the burning incense was enraged and while he was enraged with the priests leprosy broke out on his forehead before the priests in the house of the lord beside the altar of incense azariah the chief priest and all the priests looked at him and behold he was leprous on his forehead and they hurried him out of there and he himself also hastened to get out because the lord had smitten him wow look at that so when he gets confronted instead of apologizing or saying oh yeah you know what i did this i did misstep this is totally unacceptable forgive me i should not have done this i don't know what i was thinking instead of that he became upset he became enraged he became defensive and that's another thing that pride does is even in wrongdoing we can become stubborn in it and fail to get corrected when someone tries to rebuke us or correct us we get defensive because we view ourselves we have such a puffed up image of ourselves or we have a such a, a magnified and falsified view of just how big and important we are we become above the law we become above reproach in a sense in our heads and in our minds because we're just so full of ourselves it's crazy and it says because the lord had smitten him he ran out of there and king uzziah was a leper to the day of his death and he lived in a separate house being a leper for he was cut off from the house of the lord Jotham, his son, was over the king's house, judging the people of this land. Ooh, pride made him step outside of the call of God for his life. Pride made him dishonor God, and it crept in through his success. God gave him so much success, fame, his pride. He viewed himself. It says when he was strong, his heart was proud. This is a real check for us. Like how many of us have been blessed by God? How many of us have so much going for us? Or were we started with humble beginnings? We started honoring God. 
we started fearing god we started in the right way but as we became successful as we grew in stature as we grew in fame and popularity did we lose our center did we lose our focus off god did we start focusing more on ourselves pride can make someone arrogant really and stubborn even in wrongdoing if pride goes unchecked for a long time if pride goes unchecked and isn't addressed immediately if we don't turn from from that pride and realize what we've done like in the when aaron pleaded and said forgive us forgive her and don't count this against her he pleaded so miriam was saved although she had the leprosy although she was punished god ultimately gave her forgiveness and grace it says god opposes the proud and gives grace to the humble so even in pride if we repent if we turn if we say forgive me god he will pour his grace on us but if we become stubborn in our pride and arrogant in our pride then god will oppose us our ending will not be as we started and it's amazing because this is not the only situation if we look at king nebuchadnezzar he ate grass for seven years he lost his not only his kingdom but he lost his mind this happened when he began speaking out saying look at the kingdom that i've made that i've built with my hands look at me and he went and began to boast and before he even finished god stripped him of everything it's amazing because god doesn't play around when it comes to pride we don't want to be on the other side the most common ways we get caught up in that is either through ju being judgmental, belittling, criticizing, through our success, through when we're strong, we get it twisted and we think of it being because of us, because of how good we are. Sometimes we even get caught up in this comparison game, comparing ourselves with others, saying, oh, well, at least my sins aren't as bad as his or hers. Or we think ourselves better because we grew up a certain way, or we hold ourselves higher because, you know, of our economic status or our social status. Well, I grew up in a, you know, both mother and father were present and I went to a good school and I did this, so I'm obviously better. But it's amazing to me how all these subtle forms of pride turn us against the will of God for us. In, in Luke 18, two men go up to pray in the temple and one of them was a pharisee and the other was a tax collector in verse 11 says the pharisee stood and was praying to himself isn't that ironic isn't that funny he's praying to himself right he goes god thank you that i am not like other people <laughs> self-absorbed much right <laughs> swindlers unjust adulterers or even like this tax collector i fast twice a week i pay tithes of all that i get can you imagine your prayers being self-centered like all the time it's all about you and self-serving just boasting to god god you know how good you've made me you're never realizing that it's all just filthy rags in his sight but the tax collector standing some distance away it says even unwilling to lift his eyes to heaven but was beating his breast saying god be merciful to me the sinner i tell you jesus is saying i tell you this man went to his house justified rather than the other for everyone who exalts himself will be humbled but he who humbles himself will be exalted so jesus is telling them in this story that it's not your what you do if you're boasting if you're so filled with yourself you will be humbled because god opposes the proud god will work against you he will show you that everything that you're filled with that you think came from you is not indeed from you at all he will humble you so fast and it's crazy because satan's always at work trying to use what he can to seduce us with pride to make us think of ourselves constantly he wants us to 
buy into the lie that you believe that instead of being like God as an image bearer or as a son, as a created being, instead we could be God ourselves and to think that that was even possible. Honestly, there's a few questions we could ask ourselves in true reflection to see where we are with pride. Here's a few of them. Can I rest in God's sovereignty, holding God to his word, that even if it doesn't make sense to me, that he has my best interest at heart? Honestly, pride can make us restless. Am I thankful? Thankfulness is a sign of humility, an acknowledgement of what God has done and is doing in our lives. Complaints and ungratefulness are often signs of entitlement and pride. Am I forgiving of others when, you know, recognize that I'm forgiven of a great debt? I'm also to forgive others as Christ forgave me. His his word says, unless I forgive, I won't be forgiven. Unforgiveness is also a fruit of pride, thinking that somehow I'm better and I can hold on to and not forgive someone, although I've been forgiven. Another question is, am I teachable when I'm wrong? If I can't admit my faults and be corrected, I'm honestly showing that I'm above correction or above reproach, which is also pride. Do I have a servant heart? Am I always wanting people to fulfill my needs and my wants and it's all about me, me, me. This church doesn't speak to me, doesn't serve me. This place is not comfortable for me. If I'm seeking to be served instead of having a servant's heart, this too is also pride. Am I judgmental? Do I condemn others' flaws and pass just judgment as though I'm without sin? This is also pride. Being overly critical, being overly critical and opinionated, disguised as discernment, always trying to find a way to nitpick on someone or something and find a flaw in it. This is also a form of pride. You know, have I surrendered my rights to God? Everything is a privilege. I don't have to have the last word or I don't have to have the last laugh or be completely outspoken on everything. I can simply rest in God. I'll end with this. Pride is a heart that is anti-God. Pride not only separates us from God, but it puts us in direct opposition to God. Is your life full of restlessness? Do you live in constant state of anxiety do you feel like you have to perform for god or for people all the time to be qualified or to feel validated do you criticize or belittle people just to feel better about yourself or your own failures i want to tell you something you will absolutely not survive this life when the almighty god is in opposition to you if we're honest we are all guilty of pride in one way shape or form honestly but jesus tells us this in matthew chapter 11 verse 28 he says come to me all who are weary and heavy laden and i will give you rest verse 29 says take my yoke upon you and learn from me. And here's the key word he says, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. He is gentle and humble in heart. Give your burdens to Jesus because he truly cares for you. Lay all your worries and doubts at his feet. Believe in his word because it's true, not in some areas of your life, but all areas of your life. And some of those places that you've either given up on or decided to stop trusting or waiting on God for. He's saying to you, lay them at my feet and just rest. Learn from me. Don't get fooled out of a life of rest and peace and God's sovereignty. All good things come from the Father. So choose to be humble and don't let pride make you an enemy of God.
If you've enjoyed this episode or any of the other episodes, please download them, share them with your friends, comment, tell us what you think, and most of all, tune in next week as we have a brand new episode just for you. This is Aliens on Earth, and until next time, I'm your host, Nate Gazelle.